following podcast is a part of RadioMisfits.com. It's time for Caffeinated Comics, a lively discussion and debate on comics, film, television, and collectibles, all fueled by the magic of Frappuccinos. Now, here's your hosts, John and Steven. Thank you, it's Cabinet Comics. I'm your host, John Clark. It is Martin Luther King Day weekend, or as we like to call it in Chicago, negative 11 degrees. <laughs> we're, we're all kind of hunkered down, and uh, this is how we're starting 2024. We were out of 2023. We were glad to be out of 2023. One of the things I wanted to talk about... Uh, we had Michael Crawford on a couple weeks ago to talk about toys, and he gave us his top ten. But I wanted to talk about how crazy the industry has been. So, of course, our friend Mike Kaplan from Mr. Wayne's has his finger right on it, and Mike is here tonight. How are you, Mike? I'm good. How are you doing, John? Good. Uh, I, I am a humane individual, so we are not in person. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like please don't get in the car. And Yeah, yeah. it is. There's always a weekend like this that's uh, where yeah. where it's like we we need we need to abandon this as a society. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah, we all yeah. we all need to move to Florida or something. We all need to get to warm temperatures somehow. But they, you know, honestly though, like seriously, my family's all up here. I have no like interest in moving out of here. I'll just choose to complain all winter. No, that's you know, fine. that's 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 how I handle it. Yeah, that that's fine. <laughs> I mean. You know, like I can go back to New York where it's like, what, 10 degrees warmer, where it's like yeah, right, zero. Right. It's, yeah, it's, yeah. Not a, it's not a life changer. This is why people retire and move to warm climates, because they just don't want to shovel anymore. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, I get I, that. I literally looked out my window. I shoveled Friday to make sure I didn't have to shovel too much Saturday. And I shoveled Saturday to make sure I didn't have to shovel too much today. And I looked outside and it was negative 11. And I went, oh, good. The wind pushed some of the snow off the driveway. <laughs> Every I little bit helps. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll tell you, the worst part is for me is my dog taking my dog out. The other night I had him outside. He got to the end of the driveway and he and he'll go. But then he doesn't have the 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 wherewithal to say, you know what? It's getting kind of cold out here. I think I'm going to start heading back. No, he goes straight until he can't walk anymore. And I got to oh, pick God. him up and drag him into the house. I saw it's, it's just, it's a nightmare out there. Yeah. This is why I own cats. They stay in the house. With <laughs> and and uh, well, Jill has gotten into feeding all the squirrels in the neighborhood. <laughs> hey, so right on. We have some fat squirrels back there and they, were, bet, all out, they were out today. <laughs> like they eat every day so i'm like okay they're storing it in a tree for days like this and they're like yeah. negative 11 they're like i think there's more food out there yeah i bet, I bet you know it's the same thing nobody's on the roads today i'll go out there i'll get what i can you know? yeah. yeah yeah i'll be the first one in and yeah you right were, you were just telling me before we were recording you had this store open but the but the front door was frozen shut it was literally frozen shut this morning. Like I had to throw the shoulder into it to get it open. Cause it just, it wasn't, it wasn't going to happen. And again, and then I hear the ice shatter and I'm like, Oh great. I broke the front door. Yeah. yeah cause, Cause ice shattering at that temperature sounds exactly like glass. It, it was exactly that. Yeah. It was exactly as it comes down the sides of the door as I break through and everything. It was, it was, Oh my God, it was terrible today. I mean, we had people stop by, but everybody who came in, I was like, so why are you here? You know, like what? What brought you out of your house? You know, because it's warm in your house. Yeah, yeah. I, you know what? I have a detached garage, and I wouldn't go out to it. No. Nope. Like, if nope. I wanted to come to you, I was like, oh, well, I could just go car to front of the store. There's probably a parking space in front, but I'm like, I, I can't do the 15 foot walk to oh the my garage. God. I, I'm, I'm with you, man. Even I have an attached garage. It's freezing out there. It's yeah, worse no. than a walk-in free, a walk-in refrigerator. Ugh. It's yeah, terrible. No, we were we were packing up Christmas and just going to the attic. Like yeah. I saw my breath in the attic. Yeah, yeah, it's like, miserable. It's miserable. Yeah. Yep. So uh, I appreciate you staying open through all this. Hey. Uh, but it still feels kind of like Christmas. Look at it that way. It does. It does. Yeah. I'm definitely what... surrounded by lots of stuff that feels like Christmas when I open boxes. So yeah, you really need a bigger store. It's, it's I do, becoming, I do, I do. We're, we're, we're crisis. Yeah, point. I know. I'm, I'm, we're 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 getting a lot closer. So so it's looking good, looking good. So 2023. Speaking of toys and what's coming mm-hmm. in, 2023 was uh, such a crazy year in the toy industry that I really wanted to like s- take a step back and and look at what it meant 
for sales because we had I obviously from the Hasbro line of things, we had a year where Disney is starting to slow down. This is the year they started to lose their rhythm and mm-hmm. people people's interest in Star Wars and Marvel, which is what drives at least the boys market of Hasbro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's where it started to slow down and they ended the year with layoffs. And then we had uh, Mattel went at, went through a number of bad years where they gave DC away to McFarlane, which is a much, mm-hmm. much smaller company, but then they mm-hmm. had the biggest movie in the, of the year. So, and then in the middle of all this inflation hits and changes yeah. everything. So mm-hmm. how did 2023 look like to you as a retailer? Well, um, I, I would say that it was uh, the, the biggest change of 2023 from 2022 was the pop market. And it's not that the pop market is dying because everybody's always ready for it to die. But it's not that. I just think what's happening or, or what happened over the last year is a lot of the folks who've been collecting since the very beginning are starting to get fatigued. You know, they're starting to get like, look, I got all the really good ones I want. I've hunted. I'm, I'm sick of spending $500 on these ones I can't find, but those are the only ones they don't have. Um, but it, so there was a little bit of a dip in the market, but one thing I did notice is that we may have lost a little of that type of clientele on the pops, but we got, I mean, it's always steady with the person who's buying their first one. So a lot of people walk in and go, oh, these are really neat. They're affordable. I can grab them. And then next thing you know, two weeks later, they're buying their 50th one. So that, that to me says the market is still strong on pops. It's just that some of the people who've been doing this for, you know, 10 years or whatever are starting to kind of go, I'm not so into this. So we did get a lot of people actually selling off their pop collections to get into like regular, like six inch action figures, as well as uh, believe it or not, a lot of people jumped right from pops to like hot toys. And like, I was, I was really shocked by that because if you look at the design of a pop versus the design of a hot toy, you're, I mean, you're, you're talking, these are completely different animals. You know, you're talking about the least detailed thing you could possibly have versus possibly the most detailed thing you could possibly have, you know? So I, I was a little surprised by that transition. Um, uh, but um, the the good news for that is that people are still the, the collecting side of things is as hot as it has been for the last 10 or 15 years. It's just people are starting to kind of um, figure out exactly how they want to collect a little bit more because, the, and again, going back to the pops, I think the thing about pops that's great is it gets people involved in collecting they get the idea of going out to shops uh hunting things and if they get sick of the pops or they get too many of the pops it's really it's an easy transition especially from like somebody who does like all star wars pops to get into black series figures it's really kind of like a no-brainer because it's like well i'm a big fan of let's just say han solo okay well i've gotten all the han solo pops and oh cool they just came out with this cool bounty version of han solo i've never seen this before i'll grab that and that and as we know as collectors the rabbit hole rabbit hole to rabbit hole to rabbit hole to rabbit hole so i mean it's it just it's kind of transitioning how people are collecting but i would say the industry is as hot as it's ever been really yeah that's interesting because yeah. saturation level is something that's uh, i've been really interested in this year as you know um you know my partner jill collects pops she mm-hmm. goes through your wall every time we're there mm-hmm. absolutely she, she helps me organize it it's great <laughs> yeah, yeah. in her own way <laughs> yeah. it, it works for me <laughs> she's been collecting since before we knew each other so so she's at a level now where it's like she's just like well there's not many i need and and mm-hmm. when it, when a wave is announced i'm like hey look at these she's like i don't want a single one of those so mm-hmm. it when when there is something that she wants it's something very very special. Uh, right. I actually got her for Christmas the pop yourself because uh, oh yeah yeah because I made I made basically a Jill Funko pop mm-hmm. for Christmas and I was like well that's that's, that's the pinnacle of your collection you're never gonna get mm-hmm. that anywhere else but she's still she is still interested in them and for me as you said the six inch I mean um I'm at a point where, you know with Marvel Legends it's just. We were, I was talking about this with Michael Crawford. It's been around so long. There are so many characters that I'm still feeling the same thing of like, of like, how, who are the characters that are still going to interest me? You know, uh, like I just talking to you, I looked at the last two waves of Marvel Legends that came in and I was like, yeah, there's nobody I need because I have a yeah. wall of them, you know? And if it's not somebody I read mm-hmm. a lot, do I necessarily need it? And so well, you're getting to the you're getting to the point with those where they're kind of you know considering how many Iron Man's, Wolverines, Black Panthers, and Captain Americas they make, you're starting to get a lot of people going. Well, they need to 
go deeper in the collection. But I, I think the the difference between like Marvel Legends and like DC Universe Classics, because DC Universe Classics was a very deep line. Like you had characters as like like who who puts out an OMAC figure? You know what I'm saying? Like, is that really a necessary thing? But as a collector, you go, that's really cool. I might even get two of them to make a little army, you know? Um, where people uh, uh I, I think when you're starting with where Marvel Legends is at, because it went it's been going on so much longer than that. We're getting yeah. characters that are like, why do I I have no interest in this character? I've never read a book with this character, but they have to keep the line fresh because otherwise. You know, I feel like every year you add a new figure to that list of the figure they overproduce being, you know, the, the ones I mentioned, you know, Cap and Iron Man and stuff like that. Right. Um, and, and they're getting to a point now where they have to do the iconic look. So I see like mm -hmm. people like I, I even see this from people's top 10 lists. It's it's always people that haven't been collecting as long. And they're like and they, they're always mentioning people that I already have. They're like, we need a new kingpin. I'm like, well, like, I've well, got a great. Kingpin. They're like, Yeah, but I don't have them. I've you got know, literally or, three kingpins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or the or the pinless people, <laughs> like those are the people. Like we, you know, they they updated technology a couple of years ago, so you don't have to have the pins going through the elbows and knees. And there are mm -hmm. people like we need every single person again without pins. And I'm like, I wow. really don't. I, I'm <laughs> with you on that, but you know who loves that Hasbro. Because yeah, now they sure. can take these old characters, just rework the molding, and put them just literally the standard stuff back out again. Because there are people who are are absolutely going to say, well, this is the better one. I'm going to trade in my old one, or I'm going to sell off my old, old one and buy the new one, because this is, I mean, look at this. This is so great, you know? I mean, when that pinless Spider-Man came out, my God. I mean, everybody freaked out and sold me every Spider-Man figure they had, because that's the one they need now, you know? Yeah, and oh. that was in a two-pack. Everybody was willing to buy, like, mm -hmm. a Mary Jane and a Spider-Man outfit just to get that right. Spider-Man. Do you know but how many of those figures I have that people have sold back to me because they just <laughs> wanted the Spider-Man? Tons, tons. Anybody needs a spinneret, you let me know. Yeah, it'll, it'll look like a Funko Pop wall of spinnerets. <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> Put it up with my shiklas and my, <laughs> you know, all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think I still have my shikla. I don't know why. Well, most people bought that because they wanted Jeffrey the Land Shark. Yeah, yeah, or yeah. Wanted to finish the build a figure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are at a point, and we are at a point where I wonder if it's like, are yeah, are they talk talking to people? It's like comics. You know, I've been reading comics since the '80s, and now I'm at the point where I see a story, and I'm like, okay, well, this is the story they did 25 years ago, and I have that. But I know there's a lot mm -hmm. of people that didn't read it, so this mm -hmm. is their version of it. And I think we're starting to get that way with figures. Cause like, mm -hmm. I even look at my wish list of the entire Marvel universe. It's not that deep. No, you know, no. I'm with you on that. Like, I got to get that way with my DC stuff. I mean, I know that like a lot of the stuff that I was collecting, isn't really available anymore. Like the DC universe classics for in instance. Um, but there are a lot of things that I go, man, that's a cool character. I should grab it. For instance, I just picked up the Arkham wave from McFarlane because yeah. they did that Solomon Grundy as the build a figure. So, okay, the so I mean, the other figures honestly I'll probably sell back to the shop, but the Solomon Grundy I know I need and I'm not getting that giant DC collectibles one. It's not going to fit on my shelf. So, you know what I mean? Like there's I understand that as well. And a right. lot of people do that with uh select stuff. So you buy and I talked about this on the podcast before, but the idea of having oh. of like, you know, of uh Sabretooth or Venom and up you know, so your your Hulks, your thing, stuff like that. They really scale well with the Marvel Legends as oversized figures. So, you know, going brand to brand and filling in holes isn't so hard to do with those. Um, but yeah, yeah I, 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 I see what you're saying, though. I still have a Watcher and a Mephisto because of that. Mm -hmm. And for a long, long time, that was my Thanos. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, again, that scale, it looks like the comic book, you know, the idea that the villain is going to be oversized to show a little bit of intimidation towards the hero and things like that. I think it works on the shelf pretty well. You know, yeah. and that's actually, and on that note, you know, that's another thing that I've noticed um, thinking about the Marvel and the uh, the Funko Pops is the transitioning. We've had a lot of people transitioning from Legends to like Mezco or Mayfex mm. um, because they're saying that, yeah, I'm spending a little bit more on it, but I'm getting a way better figure. And what do I need? Like, especially if you're getting into the Build-A-Figure stuff, why do I need to buy that extra Captain America again? You know what I mean? Why do I need another cap or another Iron Man or whatever? Uh, another Wolverine, you know, um, when I can just do it. Cause, cause Mayfex is a lot like our Mayfex and, and uh, Mezco are both a lot like hot toys. They don't necessarily do full waves at a time. They say, Hey, if this figure works, we'll give you another figure from that, that particular run. So like hush, they put out, like, I think it started with, um, 
oh god who were the first ones it was batman the the um the 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 what do they call the one the stealth batman like yeah. the diver stealth diver batman uh yeah, but they, they just kind stealth of jumper yeah stealth jumper thank you and they just kind of like you know just try to see what people think about that stuff and then all right if people are going to buy this then we know that down the road we can do riddler and huntress and people are going to be into it yeah they've sure. announced i think i think we're over 12 for uh, yeah. for a line mm-hmm. where I mean, once you pay the import fees, you're looking at a hundred dollars a figure. It's a deep oh, absolutely, bench. absolutely. I think eventually they're at least going to go as deep as DC directed with Hush. I was just going to say that I think they're going to probably do the sixteen that they did out of that, and then maybe, maybe they'll do a big clay face or something. But I really think they're going to stick to those those versions they did. The only one that really is kind of questionable to me is there is an Alfred in that line. As much yeah, as I, I think Amazex Alfred is the coolest thing in the world, I don't know what the rest of the world thinks about that. So there's an Alfred and a Commissioner Gordon. Uh oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. That's right. Gordon's in that I, Yeah, I am kind of hoping they touch uh because I think it's a beautiful line and in some ways it's better than some of the Mezcos of those characters. There's, oh yeah. But there's a couple they didn't do that were in that story. It's like I'd love Nafex to, to do Tim Drake Robin, which DC yeah. didn't do from that mm-hmm. way. They ended up doing them from Teen Titans, but yeah, it's it's so hard to say like what's going to be definitive because mm-hmm. I I look uh, you know I think my collecting changed probably about five years ago to be from hey these are all the characters from this thing I love that I want to have on my shelf and be able to pick up and look mm-hmm. at it day which was kind of which was my motivation. I mean going back to Kenner Star Wars like uh, mm-hmm. you know I love this character I want him in my room. I think I'm at the point now where it's just like, I'm open to what they're making. Like, Oh, that's a great version of scarecrow. Okay. I'm buying it. You know? Yeah. 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 But, and but you're right. They are, they have been raising the bar. And this is another big question I've been thinking of because you're right. It is a stepping stone and I've touched every rung of, you know, Funko pop or retro, even retro three and three right. quarters to then right. six to six inch Hasbro and McFarlane to Mayfex and Mezco to hot toys. But yeah. now, as I said, with inflation just raising the tide of all the boats, I mean, we're getting hot toys that are now $300 in pre-order. So my, I'm wondering, and you know, there are people that are going crazy for uh, Jazz Incorporated $1,500 Batmobiles. Have and you seen it though? <laughs> I have seen it and I've questioned. I don't have a I ordered. Yeah. I ordered a 66 for somebody on a pre-order because he wanted to use his store credit for, you know, yeah. we opened that thing up. I have never seen a better, like, it was so accurate. It was, I mean, they actually, the thing I love about this company is they put out product photos on it and the red stripe going down the side was a little too thick. And one comment on whatever platform, somebody said, ah, it looks great. But that they said, you know what? We all got emails saying we're pulling it back. We're putting that stripe the way it should be because we'd rather you wait and have the best product we can give you. So if they can do stuff like that, a yeah. price point aside, I love the idea of them actually paying attention. And that's what that's what I think the biggest thing is. And I've noticed this a little bit this year in the industry is that there are companies that are paying attention to what the people say. There are your major companies, your Hasbro's, your Mattel's. They don't care what you have to, you know, they don't care what you think about their figures. Um, but because they'll always do the whole like, well, if you don't like it, we make it for kids. And if you do like it, guess what? It's a collector's item. You know, that's why the retail goes up on it. And, and you know, again, on that note, too, the biggest change over the last like week has been McFarlane. And I'm sure you heard about that, him raising the prices on his figures. He's going well, up to 40. I, yeah, I heard the, the crisis, which is his exclusive he raised to 40. And it's his build of figures, which used to be 25. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, the question is, is that is that the going forward or is that... I'm testing this out and this is an exclusive wave and you're paying a premium because I'm keeping it to myself. That's, and that's he's exactly not what stay I until the sales come in. I think he's going to, I think this is a trial run. So if he can sell this wave up because in all the McFarlane groups I'm on, everybody's complaining, but everybody's buying, you know, they're, they're not happy with themselves, but they are buying it. So therefore if McFarlane toys can say, yeah, we raised the price, but we still sold a bunch of them. Why not? I mean, why wouldn't they, you know? Uh, and again, I, I think you're going to be hitting a mass market in, you know, your targets and your Walmarts and stuff like that. And that might be a little bit of a problem, but I think in general, what the people are showing is, yeah, we're going to be loud about it, but we're still going to buy your figure. You know? Right. Um, and, and as you said, the Walmarts so. and targets, it's a line he's not offering to them. So he could very easily say, you know what, right. everybody gold label is now an internet exclusive mm-hmm. and it's $40. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. 
And then you get rid of all the chase side of it too, which makes it fun. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the one thing I've always given McFarlane is he's like, as much as he's overdone the variant thing and the chase figure, uh, he's really the one who's doing it. And and it, I'll tell you, people get super excited if you have that chase version. That the, Okay, I'll give you an example. The Captain Carrot that just came out, mm-hmm. like people are, first of all, they're like, I can't believe he made this figure. This is awesome. But when people see that I can pull the chase version out, they are like, oh my God, this is the chase. You know what I mean? There's a certain kind of, um, uh, every, there's a certain kind of push on the product just for the fact there's a chase. You know what I mean? So I, I think that other companies would be uh, wise to do that. And you remember back in the day how it used to be where like Toys R Us would have an exclusive and figures come eight in a case and there's always a double pack. Toys R Us just wouldn't have the double pack and they put the exclusive in there. And then it's first come first serve if you happen to get there when they put it. But there's an excitement in the chase in that when you like the literal chase, when you find that figure on the peg and you go, oh, my God, I can't believe I actually have this in my hand. I've been to three Toys R Us's today. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that they, the industry in general would do well to do more stuff like that as opposed to the exclusive market that we have now, which is because we all know that like anybody can walk into a Walmart, especially around here. There are nothing on the shelf. There's nothing on the shelf, not, not even peg warmers, you know, it's like they just abandoned that aisle, you know? And um, I feel yeah, like I'm they did more it. How, how many target exclusive waves I can't find in a target. Right. Not even figures, but like the Batman 66 line, which only target has been carrying. You know, uh, I I never see them there. It's very random that something shows up. Yeah. You know, it's like the the Batboat that's out now. I'm like, ah, should I get the Batboat? They never did it. And I've been re-watching a lot of Adam West. I mm-hmm. re-bought the Hot Toys Adam West and Burt Ward. I do not regret the, the price I had to pay for it. I do regret selling them the first time. <laughs> but yeah, right. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, but I'm looking so I never at sell bat- anything out of my collection. <laughs> yeah, but I'm looking at the Batboat and I'm like, how do I really need it? And it's the kind of thing, if I was in a Target, I would grab it in a second, but I'm never mm-hmm. going to find it in a Target so I can leave mm-hmm. it in my wish list forever. Right, right, right. Yeah, no, I, I, just, I, I think that whole market is in a way kind of, that's the real downside to the industry right now is, is the exclusive scene. It's just really hard to deal with. And I see people just get so frustrated over it. And really when it comes down to it, we're supposed to be having fun doing this. This is not, this is not supposed to be a job for people. This is something to forget about your job, you know, and, and to see people like, like truly, truly down over the fact that they can't find this figure. Oh man, I went to 15 targets this week and I can't find it anywhere. I don't know what the point is. And again, it it makes, I think the companies, the Hasbro's Mattel's, those people are saying, Oh, it's creating demand. But what it, 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 what is the point of demand without supply period? You know what I mean? Like, what are you getting to? If you create a demand on a figure, that's great. But if it's not never available, what's the point? You know, well, back in the 90s when McFarlane was really doing it, and he's playing by the same rules he's playing in the 90s. Like, he will literally, just, he'll just paint a figure gold and put mm-hmm. it out there. It's not a new character. It's not an iconic look. It's not something like, oh my God, this is my favorite story. This is my favorite art portrayal. I want that. He's just like, I painted this gold and go for it's a Wonka bar. Go, yeah. go find your golden ticket joker mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. back in the 90s it was to get you coming back to walmart and target again and again and again and right. it worked for them because hopefully when you were there you're like you know what i need diapers and, yeah. you know and you would just keep doing your shopping but now we're at a point where it's like the retail shelf is such it's such a maraschino cherry on the sunday of collecting that mm-hmm. it's like, oh my, oh my God, I was out in a store and I actually found a figure. That's two birds in one stone, in my opinion. Yeah. That's a pre-order I didn't yeah. have, or that's that's a trip to Mr. Wayne's I didn't go to. Uh, right. So, so I'm not quite sure what the drive is, other than to, as you said, to build up demand. Then just get people excited overall about the line, and hopefully mm-hmm. you don't push them over the limit where they get fed up with the line. That's what I think. The, that's the line they're walking right now. Uh, I think that there are a lot of people who are just kind of like just just really sick of the scene. And again, I'm not going to say that Toys R Us as a company really cared about you as the customer. They're still a big box store and all that. But what they cared about was the product they sold and they understood the product they sold where Target has exclusives so they can sell candy bars. Right. You know what I mean? The, the, and that's really the whole purpose there is I go into Target, either it's street dated, so it, it X's me out at the register, or it's just not on the shelf. Well, I'm here and I'll grab a bottle of pop and, a, you know, a Reese's or something. You know what I mean? And by the time you've come back to Target looking for that figure, by the time you've actually got it, you're, you know, you're, I mean, 
you bought in six candy bars, five bottles of pop, and three pairs of sweatpants. You know what I'm saying? Like that. Then that's not me. Goal. I've been on a diet since Halloween. So literally none of those things I, apply to you. <laughs> no, I walk out empty-handed. You know what? I walk by the end cap of Blu-rays and remember when it was half the store of DVDs. Oh yeah. Well, I remember I brought this up to a guy at the store and I was just kind of throwing this out at him. And the more I talked about it, the more his head went down and down and down. And I finally just said, "What? what's up? And he goes, do you know how many bottles of pop I bought at Target when I couldn't <laughs> find my figure? And he just realized that in a way he'd been played. You know, and again, I just I just don't understand that. I understand that stores like me, I'm a small guy. We're not going to get exclusive things like that. But let the 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 let the let the people get them. You know, I don't understand the, uh, the I don't understand that concept of like, we're just going to like we're going to tell you we have and not give it to you. You're a store. Sell me what I have. Yeah. Well, you know, the problem sell me what I want. The problem with Walmart and Target has always been the problem with Walmart and Target is that not only do exclusive things, they don't care about exclusive figures, they don't care about figures, they don't care about toys. I mean, yeah, you yeah. know, toys, the thing about Toys R Us was that's all they had. They had toys. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. they, you know, the action figure, the action figure aisle was, was probably six times the size that the Target or Walmart is now. Easy. Easy. Well, I mean, there were like three or four aisles. Yeah. Yeah, and they had to they had to keep them in stock. So yeah, they didn't have the exclusive figure, but they had cases upon cases of the regular wave up. Target mm-hmm. doesn't even need to care about that. Nope. And you know, I I hate to talk to you know be old man yells at cloud, but <laughs> uh, but you know it does remind me that action figures are very much a Gen X a Gen X older millennial thing. That was the age of the action figure. You know, mm-hmm. I was I was. Uh, six years old when Kenner started doing Star Wars. I had mm-hmm. like Migos when I was three and I was a college student when Toy Biz was pumping out Marvel. Um, mm-hmm. My my boys who are 10 and 16, they're in a house filled with action figures and they go, oh, this is really cool. We're going to watch something. And they have it. They put it up for about 10 minutes and then they put it back. They mm-hmm. never ask me, dad, can we get that guy? Or, mm-hmm. you know, where where is this? It's, mm-hmm. it's honestly, it's always me. My uh, younger son's getting into Doctor Who now. And I'm like, hey, look at all of these character options that yeah. I have down there. And he's like, wow, it's really cool that we have these. And he's yeah. like, I don't like, do, do we have Chudy Gala? I was like, no, I bought these 12 years ago. And he's like, okay. And then he, then he goes back to watching the show. <laughs> so the kid market for action figures is, you know, it's certainly not what it was. But, no, definitely not. But it but is, I would say there are a lot of younger people getting more into it nowadays, though, like over the last, last year or two. Um, I, I think that there's uh, some folks that, um, some kids who got very into video games and things like that, and that's more engaging, I guess you could say. But I think there's a lot of, like, I've noticed over the last year that, like, there are a lot more people, like, that I wouldn't expect to buy an action figure who are. So I think that over the next five years, I think it'll move like, you know, it's like a lot of things. It's going to skip a generation. You know what I mean? It's going to, you're going to skip the millennials, but I think the, what do they call the next ones? The gen Y's or Z's gen Z's. That's how how in touch I am. Um, But the, uh, those, the younger kids are starting to get more into it. Like I'm getting a lot of 15 year olds and things like that are just super into the figures and they're into the lines too. They're into like, and I think social media plays a big part in this because they can get active with people and you get on a Reddit stream or a Twitter feed or whatever, X feed, whatever. And you get these people talking about it and they go, what is that? What is this thing that everybody's talking about? Why, how do I become part of this? You know? So I think there's a little of that too. Um, and then again, I think generationally you're going to, you're going to have issues like that. You're going to, you know, I mean, like, so I didn't wear bell by like in the seventies, they're wearing bell bottoms. And then in the eighties, they're not. And then here at the late nineties, I was wearing Janko jeans, which are just pretty much bell bottoms. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So, um, I think that it's, 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 it's kind of like, you know, I'm my, I'm not as into what my older brother did, but what my dad did is kind of cool. You know what I'm saying? Like it, it's, it's, you know, there's a little bit of a gap there. Um, but I, I have a lot of like younger people who are very into the action figures and I, but I'm talking like, like 15, 13 and under, you know, well, that are getting that, into it. Yeah. That's interesting. Cause that would have been the, that would have been the, the crowd that grew up with Imagine Next. So mm-hmm. they grew up, mm-hmm. you know, with, with cheap, well-produced action figures and big play sets the yep. way we did with Kenner and Hasbro. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that kind of hardwires you. And and granted, like I said, you know, I have a 16 year old that 
grew up with Imagine X and Superhero Squad and any any single thing that Marvel and DC did for for babies, he owned. Uh, right. And that right. didn't take, but that doesn't mean that it's a that he's the product of his generation. There could be right, right. Well, honestly, I, I think you may have nailed it on the head there because them growing up with those play sets, right? If you look at like the last 10 ish years, the the playset thing kind of went away, and the big vehicle thing went away, and now, I mean, with Haslab and and you know McFarlane doing his Kickstarters and Mattel Creations and stuff like this, doing these giant playsets, all of a sudden there that stuff's coming back, and I think you're right that the kids who grew up with that Imaginex stuff. You know, that that had these cool like Batcave that you put the guy in jail and all that. They look at this where so everybody kind of grew up with play sets. You know what I mean? Whether it was play school or whatever. Everybody had little garages for their cars or something like that. Right. And then you get into the action figure side of things. And for so long, they didn't even touch that stuff, you know. And then now with, you know, and I really I'll credit a lot of this DC collectibles doing the Batman line that like all of a sudden we get this Batwing, you know, and then the Batmobile and all this stuff. And it makes you, it, it's more nostalgic to what it was when you were a kid. Because like when I, I mean, everybody, when we were kids, your figure had a vehicle, you know what I mean? Whether it was Luke's land speeder or, or whatnot, you know, even like the little escape pod from the, the Death Star, you yeah. had something to play along with your figure. And well, I think now that they're getting more into doing stuff like that, it's awakening some of that in, in the, the, even the older folks that you're starting to get more um, nostalgia to it. Yeah, it's so interesting because you, you saw that phase out in the 90s. And I think what happened was with Star Wars, I mean, with Mego, it was about the figures. And if you got a playset, it was cardboard. Yeah. Uh, and with Star Wars, you know, the famous story is they went down to three and three quarters. So they could put them in X-Wings and TIE Fighters and Millennium Falcons and make Death Star playsets. And mm -hmm. then, then Gen X was really hardwired. Every toy was economically planned to have the big centerpiece playset a few middle-level mm -hmm. vehicles, and then the figures were cheap. And, you know, uh, He-Man's yeah. Masters of the Universe is the best example of that. Well, we'll make Castle Grayskull, and then we'll make uh, Add Attacks and, you know, and, and uh, Air Cycles, and we'll make Battle Cats, and then we'll make the $5 figures. Mm -hmm. I think what happened in the 90s, I think what broke that was superheroes, because it they were selling Batman and Spider-Man and the X-Men, but there weren't as many places for them to go. It's like they right. tried to sell a danger room. They could always sell a bat cave, but like, mm -hmm. what do you sell for Spider-Man? You know, right. um, very rare. I always just asked them to make uh, apartment buildings and you know what? <laughs> Ghostbusters made one and then Nika <laughs> made one and I got both of them. Yeah. <laughs> but I think what happened then was, you know, they put more energy into the figures. Let's make the figure a little more expensive. Let's give them mm -hmm. more detail. Let's make them bigger. Let's add very giant accessories, which was a 90s thing. Yeah. You know, let's give them a backpack that's three times the size of Cyclops <laughs> yeah. to justify the $10 figure. And then when that went away, that became like, let's put more articulation in them. Let's put more mm -hmm. sculpting. Let's put more paint apps. And then mm -hmm. now we got to the point where we have the $25 figure. So when you have that nostalgia for the playset. Well, now it's a $300 play set. Yeah. But, yeah. but you know what? I, I'm looking at a $400 Galactus, and downstairs I've got a $200 His Tank, and I mm -hmm. really, really enjoy them. And yeah. this is my big question that I, I keep coming back to. Uh, and I mentioned this Jazz, Jazz Incorporated. I passed on the Hot Toys Batmobile when it was $500. And the Tim mm -hmm. Burton Batmobile is my favorite. But I was mm -hmm. in a Mock Tom Toys when that came out, and the and I looked at the box and it was a mini fridge and yeah. I went, don't have anywhere to put this. I, I bought the DC collectibles Batwing. I sold them to you a month later. Cause I went, I got nowhere to put this. I was looking at the jazz, the jazz incorporated Batmobile, which is the same scale and the same version of the Batmobile triple the price it was. And I'm like, huh? Well, so my question to you as a retailer, is there a ceiling? for how much you can play is is there a a price point that people are going to go no way where it, you know most like most retail items if it's overpriced it doesn't sell but it seems like mm -hmm. collecting is not touched that yet wow um well I, I think it really comes down to what you're offering 
Toy collectors are, in the politest way I can phrase it, very frugal. Like, toy collectors don't want to spend too much money. And I, and I get that. I'm one, and I, I understand that. But if you are willing to offer something, and it's little things. Like, so if you have a car, right? You make a, a car or a plane, and it's just a piece of plastic, and it's 300 bucks. People are like, eh, let me, I don't know about that. If you put lights in that, like all of a sudden it's like, oh, 300 bucks, that's no big deal. I'll buy that. And I think the best example of this is the Rancor, the HasLab Rancor. Like people want that, but if you're not going to help us out on that, if you're not going to give us something that we, because the Rancor itself is not worth the three or 350, whatever it was going for, but a Rancor with four figures and maybe an extra head, that is. You know what I mean? That's why Galactus is successful and the the Reva lightsaber isn't. You know, just forget about what people think about Reva. I'm just saying that what you've offered in the Reva, with the Reva Inquisitor lightsaber is a lightsaber. That's that, you know? But with the Galactus, well, geez, we got Nova and we got um, we got Silver Surfer. And even though we have a bunch of Silver Surfers, we got Silver Surfer. You know, we're giving us Heralds. Same thing with the Sentinel. We got, you know, Bastion and a bunch of cool stuff. So if you're going to make it worth it, if you're, and it really doesn't have to be like price point worth it as much as I think collectors want to feel that, that they're, they're taking care of us in one way or another. Mm. I think Mafex is a great example of this. SH figure arts figures have been harder to sell lately. Anime stuff like their bread and butter, that's always going to move because it's anime and anime fans are a little bit more apt to spend the money. But if you're going to, with Mafex, if you're going to release three Batmans of the same Dark Knight Batman, by the third one, it comes with 20 Batarangs. You know what I mean? Like an extra, Robin. like, <laughs> it, basically, yeah. I mean, I think a great example of this is they did the, uh, they did a couple Jokers, right, from Dark Knight. When they did the, the, I think it was the cop Joker that came out, he came with extra arms for your first Joker that you bought. Mm. Because that way, there, and I take this every time as, look, we get it. You bought one of these already. You already have this on your shelf. But let's make it worth your while. Let's make it so you can actually use more of these things. So like the third Batman that came out, you can take his chest plate off and you can put and then so pieces for the Nightmare Batman come with Scarecrow and pieces for the Cliff Jumper Bruce Wayne come with Bruce Wayne. It's so you can build use that figure, figure for an actual figure. Right. And it's them. You you the collectors understand when the company's taking care of them and when they're not. And I think the window box debacle this last year was a great example of that way to go Hasbro way to not listen to what your people are saying. You know what I mean? They're especially with the star Wars stuff. Cause 90% of people who collect star Wars, it's still very traditional to keep it in the box, whether the values there or not, because we all learned our lesson in the early eighties that, Oh my God, we should have all kept these in the boxes, you know? So there's a tradition behind that. So if you're not in tune with your people, the people who are buying your product and you don't see that why they wouldn't want to do that and forget about star wars for a second just take into account the person who wants to check that the spider-man logo is not sideways on his chest right. you know what i mean just to make sure the paints are good and things like that and then to top it all off hasbro doesn't even say like hey we heard you they say we got this new idea we're gonna start putting window boxes on these figures like we're idiots and we haven't been seeing that for 20 years you know mm -hmm. so I, I just think if, if the if the companies can make if the companies can make a little bit of an effort to just show that we are trying we are trying to make your collection better i think that goes a long way you know what i mean like yeah so you again, know what i really see that um going back to hasbro mm -hmm. as, as you said uh from line to line I, I see the difference in care and it seems like it seems like there's always a spotlight for the last few years it was when star wars black started star wars black like was right on right on the pulse they knew exactly mm -hmm. what people want they knew how yep. they wanted to make them they knew how they wanted to do them and then uh we're at a point now with star wars where people are getting excited excited because there's an r2d2 and a dark vader yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah they made those yeah, but, yeah. and with marvel legends it was the same way marvel legends could do no wrong for the longest right. time right and right. now it's like oh i don't know and i was talking with uh, a friend of mine who's a collector i loved what they did with no way home it was the only MCU stuff that I got really excited about, but he was like, really? He's like, you wanted to pay for the doc. Ock. You wanted to pay that point for the green goblin. And I was like, yeah, they're well-made. So I don't care about the price. But then when they showed up in the closed box and I've always argued 
that I don't care about closed box because I, I do pre-orders or I come to you and you, you get me what you've got. Like the days mm-hmm. of sifting through 12 of the same figure to find the paint job. Right. That's, you know, that's a Toys R Us era. Yeah. But, but I, you know, I would, I, I'll be damned if I didn't open that Doc Ock, thought he was great, was about to throw him out and noticed there were two extra tentacle hands because they just put them in little baggies, little Fannie Mae bags and throw uh-huh. them everywhere. I got a Bruce Banner that never had glasses. Did they pack the glasses or did I throw the glasses <laughs> away or did they fall under the table and get eaten by a Roomba? I will never know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's things like that where they haven't thought that through, but you look at G.I. Joe classified and I feel like that is the Hasbro line that can do no wrong right now. Mm-hmm. Because I, I would agree because even with the closed boxes, instead of just putting the stuff in little pa- like paper bags, they give you the footlocker. Yeah. So I don't know. I know you it's a cardboard little you. thing. But it's it's them putting forth the effort to say that look we get with that you don't like this but our hands are tied by the parent company so we're gonna make it at least cool we're gonna make it so you can put this on your shelf with it maybe it's not a real wooden box or plastic or whatever but it looks good and you can put your accessories in there and you can keep your stuff organized I think GI Joe the the classified stuff is the best thing Hasbro's done in years yeah, I mean I, the whole I, line is I'm just telling, great well that is. That's exactly had a lot of why. growing pains, but but it's it, they really found their their spot. But they also had less growing pains in the other lines because the other lines had, had pointed the way. You yeah, know, yeah. Classified mm-hmm. is still fairly young, and I'm a kid who I loved I loved GI Joe from the time I was ten to about fourteen, and I mm-hmm. I clearly walked away from it. It's not like it's not like Marvel where I still read Marvel comics, I still read see Marvel movies, right. I still watch Star Wars on Disney Plus. You know, mm-hmm. um, if you do something new from that, I know who they are. G.I. Joe yeah. is exists in the 80s for me. I know there are mm-hmm. comics. I know they've done live action movies and, and cartoons, but I don't look at them at all. Right. But man, you know, but they keep putting out Cobra characters that I loved when I was a kid. And they're I, as iconic and cool as they were and as detailed as as any other line. And I think that's why you have something where talking about Haslab, the ghost rider car fails, but the his tank sells out within a day, you know, uh, mm-hmm. people couldn't wait to get that his tank. And like I said, I have one. Did I want a $200 GI Joe tank? No. If you would ask me, if you would ask me, would I pay that retail? I never would have, but you right. put, put the commander in there and you put the his driver. That's in. what I was going to say. It's, it's all about how you incentivize it. Mm-hmm. So if you do like, cause, cause the, the Cobra commander figure and that came with that on the retro card, and it looks great. Yeah, and, and that is something that again, and people know that that doesn't all of a sudden make this tank worth $200, but you tried, you made the effort. You tried to say to us, Hey, look, we're going to try and get you something cool with this. This is why the Galactus one is my favorite of all time. Because by the time that thing was getting funded so well, by the end of it you know they're like i don't even know what else to put in this thing uh we got dr doom heads around here somewhere you know what i mean it literally yeah, felt I like a skull face in there there was like there yeah. was one cover that carlos pacheco drew yeah. and it had this mm-hmm. and and that but that's that as the, the the real hardcore collectors that's the stuff they want and that's why we used to chase exclusives you know what I mean? Like the Toys R Us exclusives and stuff, because that was the cool figure. That was the figure that not everybody else wanted, but I was savvy enough to say, oh, that's the one I want. I mean, again, even like how they used to do packs, like the way they'd kind of like short pack a Harley Quinn when, you know, when the animated series was out, because they had this theory that like, well, girls aren't really going to buy the action figure. So why put out the girl? But just, you know what? Throw one in the case. Because I bet the collectors will want her, you know? And, what, and it wasn't just girls for a while there especially uh, towards the end when it was Batman and Robin before they relaunched it and it was mm-hmm. slowing down, they would do one villain a year and it was one per case. Yeah. Like Ra- mm-hmm. figures like Rachel Ghoul and Bane took months to find. And mm-hmm. there were cases of just the same Batman in every single color. Uh, mm-hmm. And I was looking over my old Kenners cause you still find them. I was at the King County mm-hmm. toy show and, and uh, I was in New York at Midtown comics and they had like uh, the Catwoman for $7. So I was like, well, sure. I'll just put her put her in this case with the superpowers that I am now getting from yep. McFarlane for no yep. discernible reason. <laughs> I, yeah, right. I, I I have like ten of them. I don't even have a place to put them. <laughs> they're <laughs> they're on a comic box because I'm like I don't even have a box for you. But here you. Yeah, are. Yeah, right. Right. I, I was you know I was remembering. Oh, wasn't it great to collect Batman the animated series when I was I was a college student and I had you know 
one shelf with the Batman Returns Batcave, but it was such an iconic show that I had to have all of them. And then I remember back, I was like, no, it was a gigantic pain in the ass. It was like, like Harley Quinn was four months of twice weekly Toys R Us trips. I worked in a comic book store and it was four months of haunting Toys R Us. Oh, yeah. I don't need that. Oh, I remember when I worked at KB, we would be called like if we like if so you'd be opening a box and you'd be looking in there going, oh, my God, there's the one and a customer would walk up and you'd be like, oh, come on. <laughs> and then they would buy that one per case because like Star Wars figures came in grosses. You know, they're like 144 figures in a box and there's one Mace Windu and one Darth Maul. You know what I mean? But you'd be calling every KB, you know, all the guys I knew as like, the other managers and stuff. I'd be like, hey, so just by any chance, do you have that Darth Maul? Because I really kind of want it, you know, <laughs> Um yeah, the first yeah, thing I, I ever that... did with eBay, when eBay first started in like 1999, when I had some money, the first thing I did was buy a Secret Wars Hobgoblin. Because he was <laughs> one per case. And I was uh, I was as into Amazing Spider-Man then, probably more than I am now, and Hobgoblin was the character. It was like Black Costume Spider-Man, which was easy to find. And right. Hobgoblin was like the center of 80s, pre-Venom Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And I never mm-hmm. found that Hobgoblin on a peg. It was, it was like the people looking for Cyborg and Superpowers. You know, yeah. you just never, ever found that. And you you keep that sense memory with you. Yeah, and I think yeah that's absolutely. What, you're right. That's what like the McFarlands are trying to t- tap into. Mm-hmm. Well, I think the, the whole industry, if you're not trying to tap into the nostalgia of it, you're doing it wrong. You know what I mean? Like this is, that's the whole point of this. Even with the new stuff, there's that certain feeling you get of like, when you buy, like, let's just say you have McFarlane, you know, something from dark Knight metals. There's still that, that, that adrenaline burst of like, Ooh, this is a cool new toy. You know what I mean? Uh, so the nostalgia is really what you're shooting for all the time. I mean, we do that all the time. That's why we're always talking to folks at the store. You know what I mean? We want to, we, we want to kind of drum up that nostalgia. What were you into when you were a kid? Well, mm-hmm. and again, it comes out very naturally. Um, cause, cause again, collectors are generally pretty cool and just want to kind of talk shop. And you um, have the kind but- of store that has basically both tracks because, because you, you'll have the newest stuff that kicks that nostalgia, but you will have bins <laughs> of, of the stuff. You can find 80s yeah. figures at oh, yeah. pretty quickly. Well, that's something that just over the last month or so that's been blowing my mind. A lot of kids have been into Toy Biz Marvel Legends. Really? Like, again, and it's so funny because I'm so used to over the last couple of years. Because they've What's never that? gone up. Is it the price point? Because you can still get them. It's like Playmate Star Trek. You can still get them for 3 $4. Oh, yeah. No, I honestly, I think it's more of they're so different. You know, like, I think it's the same reason people when it when it when they stopped doing toys and went over to Hasbro, I think it's a, a lot of the same reason that people were like, Oh, well, these are new and cool. You know what I mean? This is different. This is something I haven't been collecting. So let's go with that. But I mean, I don't know how many times in the last month or so I pulled a figure off the shelf and said, ah, yeah, it's the toy biz version. And they're like, cool, I'll take it. You know? And it's like, what? <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> you know, are you um, sure, now you think, because the younger people, this, I, yeah, you're, you're talking about nineties toy biz. You're not talking about the toy biz run of Marvel legends. No, Marvel Legends. So like oh, the Marvel toes Legends. Okay. and the, yeah. I really had it in my head that they were getting like, oh, I need phalanx. <laughs> I need no, phalanx. no, no, no. I need no, the no, Generation no. X line. I need phalanx and I need Comcast. <laughs> no, I need oh, an no. X-Men villain named after a cable company and I need him right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Slayback. Where's your Slayback? <laughs> can, you, can you put your cable figure next to your Comcast figure? How does that work? Is that, is that <laughs> like, I don't know, is that probably Um. But yeah, no, it's, it's as far as the old stuff goes, no, that's exactly who you think collects those. Okay. It's a lot of guys who are just hunting the nostalgia of it. Like I had these when I was a kid and I just want to find them, you know. Um, but yeah, I was just shocked because that Toy Biz stuff, like the legends, they just kind of stopped selling after a while. You know what I mean? Occasionally yeah, somebody, they didn't people, make this or whatever, but. Yeah, there were a lot uh, of people yeah. that just turned against Toy Biz and they were like, I'm waiting for Hasbro to do everything Toy Biz did. Mm-hmm. And it's like, and, well, there's a consistency, but. Toy Biz, well, the great thing about Toy Biz Marvel Legends, you'll never see that again because there was such a throwing spaghetti at the wall vibe <laughs> yeah. to it. People, you know, yeah. people like Jesse Falcon and Damon Nee and uh, Phil Ramirez and Art Asylum, where I was, uh, just doing whatever. And they were like, hey, we figured out we can put this joint in it. It completely doesn't work. <laughs> that know? weird that weird anti-butterfly joint, the one that went under the, you know what I'm talking about? It was like yeah. a thing that went up and yeah, down here. It was like, how's oh, that like? The spinning bicep meat. <laughs> that, was, <laughs> that it helped nobody. <laughs> it was like, I, I remember, I remember Digger at Art Asylum doing that Spider-Man, McFarlane Spider-Man. And they were so excited about um, that. He sculpted the webs. It was the first time anybody had bothered to sculpt webs in Spider-Man and people went nuts <laughs> for it, but he was standing in this rictus position. 
and his arms only kind of like waved at you. Yeah. There was no pose you could put the Spider-Man in whatsoever. But it was like, uh, he figured this one thing out, and that's the whole figure. He has sculpted webs. Yeah, that's yeah. It. Well, I mean, yeah. like, you look at the uh, super articulated stuff around the time of Spider-Man 2. I, I get those figures in, and those figures are super valuable. I mean, like, people will yeah. pay a lot for those figures. But I go to stand it up, and it's just like... <laughs> just Because, yeah. I mean, when you're talking about 52 points of articulation... What parts are keeping the figure standing straight up? You know what I mean? It just, they just, they, they, I mean, you, and you dangle them around. They, they're like clappers and bells. You know what I mean? They're just like loose. They're like and again, little, and those are ones like in good shape. Toys, the little toys with the string and you squeeze the base and they collapse, but there's no base. <laughs> exactly. It's exactly right. <laughs> I had that Spider-Man super articulated and I actually sold them to you recently because he was valuable because they finally made Tobey Maguire from yep. No Way Home. And I was like, this is a human being version. Yeah, right. Not a weird accordion version. Yeah. Well, just the idea back then they used to articulate each finger. Yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, yeah. And I can't help it. I'm because because in my head I'm six years old. I cannot help it. Every time I get one of those figures, I got to put double birds up, right? Yeah. And then I forget that I did that and I put them on the shelf. And then I have some kids looking at it. And I'm like, oh, oh, well, let me <laughs> let me fix it. I literally had I had the apocalypse up there, just like bah! you know, like just <laughs> popping double birds. And uh, yeah, some kid was looking at it. And I was like, oh, let me uh, let me just adjust yeah. that real quick. It was, it was so ambitious. Not one of those figures can hold anything no, <laughs> or no. make a convincing fist They're oh my god like, no they the, go from like an open claw to a slightly closed claw. yeah and a lot of the uh, there are companies now like higher end companies who are doing the finger thing again and the problem is uh three zero just came out with a nemesis prime and he's got fully articulated knuckles everything the problem is when you put his gun in his hand it just falls right out because right. there's there's nothing i mean that's why that's actually something that's happened over the last whatever geez seven ten years that has been way better and that's the switchable hands and the switchable heads and stuff i think that's so much better than you know and again it comes down to so if you look at an old toy biz iron man i would way rather have the 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 switchable head with the mask as opposed to the mask that comes off because that mask that comes off one you're right it's going to end up in the roomba it's going to end up under the couch you're you're going to lose it you're never going to see it again and then you have a weird tony stark with half a helmet on you know um i I think that there are a lot of great things that have happened as far as that goes um but yeah again going back to the nostalgia of it there is something cool about finding a figure oh look his fingers work you know what i mean even though i'm never gonna do anything with it it's just kind of cool that they did that you know yeah yeah there was there was such a a spirit of adventure in toy in the early 2000s and it was, you know, it, it just makes you sound old and nostalgic, but it was like, oh, we were truly lucky. You know, even even coming out of the days of Kenner and Hasbro uh, when that stuff died, because Toy Biz, Toy Biz was starting Marvel Legends at the same time they had Lord of the Rings. There are yep. 75 Lord of the Rings characters mm-hmm. out there that you can still find. I mean, you still have an end cap full of them at the store. Yep, yep. You know, that blew my mind because I, I was one of those kids that read Tolkien very young. And when the Peter Jackson movies came out, uh, I was in my late 20s, but I was floored that they were as good as they were. And just the fact mm-hmm. that there was a goddamn Pippin figure. Yeah, right, right. In KB. It's like, I still yeah. have a bin. I have the Nika Balrog, which is like two and a half feet tall. That help, <laughs> That helps no one's display. <laughs> right. But well, it also... I think to your point too, that like, if you really think about it, if you were 10 years old in 2000, right. And you had a bunch of toy biz, you know, Marvel legends. Now you're working for a toy company and that nostalgia comes back and you go, Hey, remember when they used to do articulated fingers? So if you're the guy who designed that nemesis prime with the fingers, I guarantee he had a really cool figure with articulated fingers. And he thought that was the coolest thing in the world. You know what I'm saying? Well, I mean, Jesse Falcon's my age and you know, most Mm -hmm. of the guys from art asylum are, are they're still in Mm -hmm. toy industry. So uh, there was a lot of like, Hey, how come, uh, how come the millennium Falcon, how come you couldn't go from the cockpit to the back? Right. You know, that was stupid. Let's let's fix that. Yeah. You know, yeah. how come Spider-Man can't get into a crouching position? You know, there there was so much mm-hmm. of that. And you're right. Now it's the generation even past that who was like, why mm-hmm. couldn't the semi super articulated Spider-Man stand up? Yeah, right. Like how do we how do we we merge these two things together? You know, yeah. and again, engineering technology has come so far. I look at some of these, especially Transformers. 
how, <laughs> how are they coming up with this stuff? These guys are super, super smart who are, are coming up with how you make this. How do you do a triple changer? You know what I mean? How do you get this guy robot mode, plane mode, and like whatever car mode? Like that's a lot that goes into it, you know? And, and I think that's very impressive that they're able to engineer stuff like that. And I think the more that technology gets better and the more that, you know, and really and when, I, when I say technology, I mean like engineering software and stuff like that, the more that gets more advanced, um, the easier it is to just do cool stuff. And I think we're not too far away from maybe we're maybe we're five years away from a figure with articulated fingers being able to hold his gun, mm-hmm. you know, because that's going to be an issue. They're going to say, well, we tried this. It's not really working, but I really love the idea of articulated fingers. So we got to make it work, you know? Yeah. Um, so Mike, I, I think looking, that's. So Mike, looking ahead to 2024, which we just begun, what do you, th- what do you think the, what do you think the changes are going to be this year? What What's going to be big? What's What do you think is, is how are we going to look at back on 2025 as a retailer? What do you think uh, is coming? Wow. Um, I think one thing that might be a problem this year is everybody's getting kind of crazy with retail price. I think that that's going to pause some things. And again, I think that when you put Marvel Legend, because MSRP on Marvel Legend right now is like $32.99. That's, I mean, nobody charges that, but that's what it officially is. Uh, I think the more people see that, the more they're going to lean towards, well, if I'm going to be paying, like, let's just say that you do find it at that price. If I'm going to be paying 30 bucks for this, why wouldn't I just get the $50 NECA or the, you know what I mean? Or or like the, the $100 Mayfax or even like, a, you know, an $80 Mayfax. You know what I mean? Why why am I paying more for the same? Like, yes, things are getting better, but generally, why am I paying more for the same style figure? Um, so I think that that is going to lean people towards the higher end stuff. And I think that's going to force some of the companies to do what DC did a couple of years ago with the icons line. You're really going to have to do something that's going to compete with them yet have the same type of thing because icons if you take out the the quality of plastic they use articulation wise size and everything like that scale and everything like that and paint apps they are very comparable to the sh figure art stuff that was coming out at the same time and so i think that if if you can if like mcfarlane can fit and mcfarlane's probably a terrible example of this because that guy doesn't that, that guy doesn't listen to anybody but like if he can figure out a way to do that style of figure like give it better articulation give it better paints you know what i mean and charge say 40 for it or 50 for it as opposed to what mafex is doing at like the hundred dollar price point i think that could really be great because still that mafex sh figure art stuff figma that's still going to have a different quality to it um but you can take the the cheaper plastics and make that kind of figure that's again going back to dc icons line i am so bummed that that line didn't survive because that was just perfect and now the dc direct is gone everybody's looking for him <laughs> you know uh so i think if the companies can do something especially hasbro if they can figure out a way to do like like um i know you're not really too familiar with this stuff but uh the wwe stuff right mm-hmm. they have a basic line which is basically five points of articulation then they have their elite line which is a, a marvel legend style right just you know maybe two extra hands and an extra head if you're lucky maybe an accessory or two and then they have what's called the ultimate line which is more of that like 40 dollar price point and you're getting extra heads extra arms you know what i mean you're really getting a full figure out of this you can put it in any kind of like so if the guy comes with like a, a ring robe or something it'll have the arm set for both the ring robe as well as the bare chest so you pull the robe off and you got the the fighting version of them i think more companies can do stuff like that i think we i think that's really going to keep pushing the industry and, and my, my only real worry for 2024 is it getting people getting sick of the three major brands being mattel mcfarlane and um and hasbro you know, I just think there's a little bit, uh, I worry about a little bit of like fatigue and the, that the, 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 the collector doesn't feel as appreciated as they do with the higher end stuff. Cause I think people, like you said, with the hot toys going up to 300 bucks, I think people still think that like, well, hot toys is at least making the effort to give my, make my figure killer. You know what I mean? Like you, you cannot deny how photorealistic hot toys look, you know? Um, and, and I think that that if the, the companies can kind of find those three major companies can kind of find that middle ground, I think that's really going to push them. And if not, I think there's going to be a lot of fatigue. You know, I think there's going to be a lot of people who are going, yeah, legends are cool, but it's it's turning into repeat characters and they're not really advancing the line, you know. So um, I think that stuff might slow down a little bit. Uh, but but from a retailer's perspective, 
does that really bother me too much if people move from Hasbro to Hot Toys? No, <laughs> I'm, I'm good with that. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's that's really my my one thing that I'm looking like watching out for this year is that I'm just worried about a little bit of fatigue with the the, the major lines. Yeah, you know? well, as you as you said, uh, people can come to the store, find Marvel Legends, find Hot Toys, find Mayfex. How do people find the store? Well, they find the store at 10 West Burlington Avenue in Westmont, Illinois, or they can give us a call at 331-903-6774. Or you can find us at all the socials at uh, Mr. Wayne's PCC. That's PCC for Pop Culture Collectibles. And you can find the show anywhere you get podcasts. If you're not already subscribed, uh, it's very easy to subscribe. You can even ask your Alexa to do it. Uh, you can also follow our Facebook page, facebook.com slash caffeinated comics. I'm not even going to say my social network because I don't even post nothing anymore. I go to threads. <laughs> well, and go, do I. <laughs> I go to threads and go, is, is this happening yet? Is yeah. this a real thing? Yeah. Is this Periscope? Is Periscope still a thing? <laughs> but either way, we will talk to you next.